Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, so this week we're talking about the predictions that respondents to the State of Fitness survey made for the future of wellness. But before we jump in, what are your predictions? Kelly, you're sitting next to me. Do you want to go first or last? Last. (laughs) Dana, you go first. Okay, so mine are, um, I think that a couple things I've seen over the course of the last couple of years, but especially in the last few months, that I think is a harbinger of the future is more acquisition. So I think that there will be more like mergers and partnerships between fitness franchises and like, like similar, you know, I, I think we just saw so something that, you know, I re- I'll reference as my note for this week, my show and tell is that, um, Mayweather Boxing just bought Kick House. I know the CEO of Kick House. She was a former CMO at Exponential of Club Pilates when I worked there. Um, really, really great woman. And um, she just sold her 26 studio franchise to Mayweather Boxing, which I believe has over 90. So that's, you know, I think boxing is a specific subset of boutique fitness that's been you know kind of oversaturated. There was a lot probably in 2019. Um, that we saw just some consolidation. I think we're going to start to see more of that. I think that we'll see like cycle studios, maybe larger chains buy smaller chains. I think that we'll start to see more partnerships and acquisitions on a boutique fitness side of things. And then for a general fitness trend, I think that the Netflix Nike partnership is definitely like a sign of things to come. I think it's a really, really smart partnership on both their sides. Um, and I see it kind of being something that we see across you know, other streaming platforms. I think that, you know, a big trend that we saw probably in 2018, 2019 was boutique fitness studios and malls. And I kind of like equate those two things together where it's like, fitness just wants to be where people are, you know, and they they get, you get studios or fitness in front of people and they're more likely to want to use it. So I think streaming networks, I mean, that is right now, how many streaming services are there? And I feel like it's going to be like, um, like, the, sorry, I'm going on forever with this prediction. No, um, I love this. I I'm love just going to tell my, my final joke. So it's like um, <laughs> in, in Austin Powers when it's like smoking a pancake, cigar and a waffle. Like it's like multiple versions of the same thing. I feel like it's going to be like Netflix and Nike. And then it's going to be like Hulu and something else, like Prime and something. Like we're literally going to start seeing these like mergers and partnerships. I think media partnerships for streaming services and fitness platforms like I could see like Lululemon partnering with Hulu Hululemon there you go guys I just gave you a great marketing idea crushed it and uh yeah so Hululemon is basically my main, uh, <laughs> prediction for the future yeah. I think more more mergers partnerships and just like media acquisitions amazing Hululemon <laughs> we heard nothing besides that <laughs> Um, my prediction, this is Gina's voice, by the way, goes off of, I think it, it plays nicely with Dana's prediction. Um, but I see 
brands and tech using fitness as an acquisition channel. And when I say brands, I mean like apparel brands. Um, so we talk about like Nike and Netflix, like why would Nike put their fitness content on Netflix to sell more clothes? <laughs> why would they create this high production value content for mass distribution for I'm air quoting this for air quote free. We know we pay for a Netflix subscription, but consumers don't necessarily view that as a fitness expense. So that fitness content feels free to them. Um, so if we think about tech and fitness, like what could Apple offer you from a fitness content perspective? They were charging a subscription fee. They are charging a subscription fee for Apple fitness. Like one day they may realize that charging a subscription fee for that might not make sense. It might make more sense to include that, um, so that they can sell more watches, more tablets, more, uh, computers, more phones, more stuff that I have all around me. Um, so I, I think that, um, the commodization of fitness content, the same way that we sort of saw the pendulum swing back and forth with journalistic content in general, like everything was online and for free and newspapers suffered. And then we started to see a pay gate and then there were like consolidation, um, services for that pay gate, like Apple news plus, where you could pay for one. Anyway, I could talk about this all day. Um, Kelly, you ready? We didn't give Kelly any time to prepare for this <laughs> podcast episode. So if her prediction is Apple a day, we accept it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I agree with everything y'all saying. I think in the immediate future, just like we've talked about on our other episodes, I think like boutique fitness will still, I think we'll see that, that growth there. I think more women in the gym will see grow. I think that rec sports running will see grow. Um, I'm curious, like for farther in the future, like I was reading an article with Robin from Peloton and she's creating a community in web three. Oh my God. So, and I still don't totally understand. I tried to read a couple articles about web three crypto, basically building community in these spaces. So I think we'll see more of that in the future. Some metaverse workouts. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I don't know why that frustrates me so much. It's not like frustrates me too. I don't. Yeah, I think why it does. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and it's not because like the tech's wrong or the application's wrong. I think it's because the the use case, the need is opposite. Like we don't need virtual communities. We need like IRL communities. Anyway, yeah. I just like don't know if I fully trust tech in that way. No, you <laughs> should trust tech. multiple tech devices that are yeah. all the same Sorry, and, Alexa, I don't mean Okay, that. I hate to sound like a do like I hate to sound like the person that's like don't trust tech again, like as I'm talking into a computer. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into like why um that might be a problem <laughs> in the future as we talk through this. Um, well, I think she had an interesting point in the interview is that she, her husband's like kind of in that space and he went to a mm-hmm. conference and he was like, took a selfie and it was literally just like a bunch of white dudes everywhere. Like still. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of it. She's like, I want to that's understand totally it. I want to bring women in it. I want to bring like diversity in it. Too. Okay, fine, Robin. I appreciate you. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we take right. it I feel like maybe part of it. We, we take it all back. It's just like a bunch of white dudes, and like we yeah. need to make it more like accessible to all. Yeah. All people. Very fair. Yeah. White dudes. They make the it be more robots too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
All right, let's jump into reader predictions. Uh, or should we just shoot the shit? No, let's jump into reader <laughs> predictions. First prediction. Uh, we will title this a phrase we've said several times already, but the robots are coming. <laughs> um, there were also a lot of hologram predictions too. I was shocked <laughs> and amazed by the amount of people who predicted that holograms would somehow guide or assist us in our fitness journeys, but holograms are not as scary as robots. Honestly, if you think about it, if the Terminator had been a hologram, that movie would have been very, very short. But here is what a few of you said about robots. Robots will work out along with us. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I love it. Maybe they're just motivating. (laughs) Or a pacekeeper. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. We will have, we have workout mirrors now. Maybe holograms are next. Maybe. Um, Treadmills with holograms. Okay. Let's react. Uh, Dana, you go first. Um, I mean, I think I I did already tease my opinion on this when I said I don't trust tech. I <laughs> When I say that, I mean, I obviously understand the benefits of technology, and I think there are tons of them. With fitness in general, I just think the interesting thing to me and the reason why I don't know if I necessarily agree that we'll see more – well, not that I don't agree because – Two parts of this. One, I definitely think like we're seeing with ChatGPT and AI and everything, like definitely like the bros are leaning into AI automation, robots. It's all coming. Like I definitely think that there will be venture capitalist money towards robotic fitness technology. But I just I don't think that's where trend lines are going in terms of consumer behavior, just because I feel like, again, we've talked about in the last for episodes of this, that people are trying to find community again. They're trying to go back in person or find ways to kind of connect in real life again. And I just feel like we got a really good sample of what life, if fully leaning on technology would be like when we live through, you know, however many years you count as living through COVID. And I feel like people kind of bounce back and wanting to get out and be in real life again. So I I think that, yes, there will be more I think there will be more robots and more technology. And yes, I could see holograms in gyms and stuff because I could see VC money funding, things like that. But I think overwhelmingly, that's not what consumers necessarily are looking for. Like, I mean, I guess maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people really want to work out with holograms. I just feel like people are craving more in real life connection. Tupac as your coach. Kelly, react. Uh, I think it can be used in a way that's actually very helpful when it comes to like, say, recovery or really getting a customized program. Like I'm even thinking about ChatGBT, how that's kind of changed the game in certain ways. And like I've put in there, create me a trail running plan based on my abilities, based on how much time I have. Like, so, I mean, obviously Google's been so great for us, but I feel like things like that, that'll get more um, customizable where you can really kind of create a plan for yourself. Uh, So I feel like that will be interesting. I, I think we're so far away from like an actual like robot, whatever that looks like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but I think tech is here and it's, it's going to keep evolving. It's going to keep being part of it. I hope it's like for the better. I do agree like in-person stuff, but I'm thinking more tech from like 
recovery from like your stats, from like mm-hmm. making yourself feel better, like biohacking. Like I feel like that that's where tech's really going to play a part. I mean, you wear an aura ring, like you're getting data all the time, but I feel like that data, what I hope, like I would love my data to be like, okay, here is your actual plan. Mm-hmm. Like you really need to be drinking this much water, like getting more specific. Like it's still pretty general. Like I want it to like really get to know me, which is kind of, crazy too maybe I don't want it to get to know me I don't know but I don't know I feel like but I feel like there's a difference between like general tech and like artificial intelligence you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I feel like yeah I think they're yeah I don't know I just feel like yeah I think that's all great I holograms scare me or like anything that's like (laughs) feels like it could be sentient in some way yeah I don't know I saw the movie Megan and now I'm like fucked up for life well we're living Megan now um you're all Megan (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So my reaction to the robots are coming is like, probably, um, yes. So there are already, there are already exercise robots. So in like 2020, there was a robot developed in Japan that was meant to help, um, exercise the elderly. So it was essentially like meant to help like with, first of all, like assisting them in exercises and also like leading them through exercises. Cause we know as we get older at all points in our life, exercise is important, but as we get older, exercise becomes increasingly important for things like balance and not falling, um, like activities of daily living. Um, so those robots are already being tested. Um, the robots are coming, but tech, tech in general, like obviously is going to be a part of our fitness journal, journal (laughs) journey in different ways. Um, I think, um, AI is unavoidable. Um, we've been using like machine learning has been running in the background of things we've been doing for more than a decade, a lot more than a decade. So it's just now that we are naming it AI. Um, we're, we're, more aware of sentient or like air quotes, sentient beings or beings that, you know, like can predict what we need. Uh, It feels scary. In some ways it is scary because we don't know what it means, but it can be really helpful for us. So just like anything, uh, if we use it right, (laughs) if we uh, keep our intentions pure, (laughs) the robots will be good for us and will be good for the robots. Um, Prediction number two, digital fitness is dead. I love that these two are back-to-back and I put them back-to-back on purpose because for it's like physics, you know, like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Um, as many people as thought that the robots are coming thought that digital fitness is dead, and that's fine. One brutally honest respondent said, unfortunately, I think many connected fitness apps and machines will struggle or go out of business. They specifically said Lululemon Mirror is being offered for half price. iFit is discontinuing some of their equipment and scaling back their programming, et cetera. Let's react. Uh, Kelly, you want to go first or last? I'll go first. First. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that, I don't think digital fitness is dead, but I think this, this is fair. And I'm wondering if just brands haven't come out with the thing yet that's really sticking. Like there's, there's a miss somewhere with these current like connected fitness machines in your home. So I think there's just something missing and I think brands will figure it out. I don't think it's, I think there's room now for every type of fitness, but I just don't think the companies that are out there right now are doing it right. Well, Peloton's obviously done, done well, but some of these other brands are doing it right for some reason figure it out. Dana, 
What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think there's a miss and like an opportunity in the market still. I think we're going to see like kind of similar what you said, Gina, just like more um, ways that people are using this as like a retail push or something. Like I think we'll start seeing maybe a couple more mergers, a couple more partnerships within that. Because again, I think that got to be a really crowded space in 2020 because people saw a lot of opportunity. I don't know if anyone did it 100% you know, great. Um, and so I think now we'll see maybe some companies buying each other, seeing it as an add-on to existing, you know, programs, um, a way to bring your favorite boutique fitness studios home with you. Like, I think that we'll just see kind of different spins on connected fitness. Um, I think that they'll definitely like give it the old college try because (laughs) of how much money has been infused in that section of, the industry. Um, so I think that we'll still see a couple more years of iteration before anyone declares it dead, just because there's been a lot of investment in that section. But I think that we'll see it continue to change. And I agree with Kelly that I do still think there's like an opportunity in the market for someone to do it better because I, people are at home more than they were pre COVID. I mean, I think that's just a fact. So I, I definitely still think there's an opportunity for digital and connected fitness. Yeah. Um, to piggyback off of you, Two weeks ago, at the time of this airing, we talked about um, digital and connected fitness uh, for a dedicated episode, and one general theme was that VC ruins everything. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> I, think, I think that often uh, VC will pour money in, demand growth, um, and for the forsaking like sustainable growth and sustainability in general. Um, and I think that this industry, digital fitness is a victim of that. I talked about that on, on this episode, like pre COVID, like digital fitness was growing, um, at a rapid pace, not as rapidly as once all the cash started pouring in. Um, but it's customer base was sustainable. And now we found ourselves with where we are right now, um, with Peloton sort of finding the, peak of its mountain and coming back down, um, which I don't blame them for. Um, girl, girl, girl. Anyway, prediction number three, fitness in gyms and studios will make a full comeback. So our numbers supported a partial comeback for now. Um, 66.7, let's call it 66.8. Let's round up. I like to round up. Um, percent of respondents told us that they have returned to a gym and given that we're trending up year over year on return to gym, you just might be right. Respondents. Here's, here's a couple quotes. Uh, one quote, one quote. I think fitness studios are going to make a, uh, come back full swing soon. I much prefer in-person classes because I can only take 5am workouts and I can't do a 5am workout at home. Not motivating. Oof, 5 uh, I don't, I don't envy you. Um, let's react. Dana, what do you think? Um, I think that we'll, it will continue to have an upswing for sure. Um, I think that people are going to still come back. I think that fitness studios are continuing to open. Um, I think that to Kelly's point, we're going to see more women in gyms. Um, and, and there's definitely a push towards strength training. And, you know, I, I think, I know this thing we'll talk about later, but the need for community is going to help that. I don't know if we'll ever see a full recovery. Um, to what, you know, to maybe 2019 levels, 2018 levels. One, I think that's just partially the economy. Um, But I also think that it's, you know, again, we said this first episode, like I do think some consumer behaviors change just forever because of COVID. And I don't, I think some people did invest in their home gym or 
a Peloton or something and they want to stick to that routine. So I don't know if everyone's going to go back to studios that were in it before, but I do think that people are going to continue to seek community and they're going to do it through fitness. And so I, I definitely think we'll continue to see an upswing this year. Um, and hopefully over the next couple of years, I think the biggest thing to focus on is going to be the economy more than even fitness trends. Oh, that's coming. Um, Kelly, what you got? Yeah, I agree. I think um, it'll it'll come back, but maybe not like full recovery. Although I, I'm curious. So studios right now, from what I, we've talked to studios, and I, for example, I went to the Zen Yoga Garage on Friday, which is based in Chicago. They have three studios now, like within their studio space of three rooms and they were full. Awesome. Um, so I just, I'm seeing it, that classes are full. I'm curious with like the whole com- companies that want to do franchising and open a ton. Like we already saw like the bubble that happened and maybe there was like too much. Um, so I just, I'm curious if that will happen. And again, the studios will see like, okay, there's not enough people to fill these studios, but I feel like currently where we're at with the studios, they're, they seem like they're full. Uh, and people want to go to class. So, yeah. It's interesting because if we think about numbers, I'm like, I've Dana probably was watching my eyes, like do math. Um, but if we think about numbers, like we know 25% of studios and gyms have closed um, from like COVID to now. And we are seeing um, that 66.79% have returned to a gym. So that represents that probably those studios and gyms have a little room um, mm-hmm. to get back to full capacity. Um, but it would make sense that some are full because there are less seats to put butts into. Um, so that makes sense to me. Okay. 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 Let's, I mean, it's math. It's math. Um, okay. So I have nothing to add to what Dana and Kelly said, but I do want to talk to this specific reader who's doing 5 a.m. workouts. I just hope, <laughs> I just hope that I don't want to make any judgments about you and your routine. Uh, I assume that you are a teacher or someone who has to commute. Um, And I just hope that if you are a mom, that you have help at home and that you get to get some sleep um, on occasion. I also hope that you like doing 5 a.m. workouts. I feel like Those, people who do morning, like 5, 5.30 yeah, are, it's a specific type of person. They love it. Yeah. It's a high energy group. A lot of yeah. midday personalities in that room. I used to teach 5 a.m. workouts when I was a coach at Crosstown and it was like bleary eyed parents. <laughs> it was usually like they'd walk in like chugging their last sip of coffee and then they'd swap at the door. So like one parent, did the 5 a.m. and then the other parent would do the 6, which was like nice for them. Anyway, um, those are my hopes for you, dear reader. I hope that you love your life. Okay, prediction number four, people need gyms to connect. I love this. There are so many predictions around the reason that folks will be driven back in studio connection. Please refer to the mental health episode of the State of Fitness, which was last week for why we're in support of this. But one quote from a reader really represents this. It will continue to be more social, it being fitness, as people continue to have less social needs met through work. Let's discuss. Kelly, first or last? I'll go. I I think we've definitely talked about this before, and I I think I had said studios that did well and came out of the pandemic most likely had a pretty strong community base. And I think that... uh, fitness, you do it for health, but you also do it could 
do it as like a hobby and to like meet people. Um, so I think that social aspect is definitely going to, is there and will continue to be there. So yes, people need gyms to connect. Yeah. Dana. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is like why a sweat life exists a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's really hard to make friends as an adult, as we've talked about a million times. And I think one of the best ways to do it is through fitness, through working out, through finding common bonds. And you know, if you're at the same studio someone or doing the same workout, you already have kind of a baseline of something in common. I think it makes that connection a lot easier. And I think it just, you know, fitness has always been something that's been bred through community, um, you know, just group fitness and specifically in general. Um, There's a lot always with, you know, high fives after class and cheer on the people around you, you know, that community driven factor of even the people in the studio room with you is a big thing getting connected with your instructor that you follow the people the regulars that are there at the same time as you. I think it's just like a great breeding ground for friendship and community and one of the easiest quote unquote ways to make friends as an adult. So I think that's a huge reason why I really do see the future of in person fitness above digital and connected fitness, just because I do think people, especially coming out of COVID are really seeking that again. And I feel like a lot of people lost a lot of friends during the pandemic, just like through the nature of lives changing and stuff. So, you know, to Kelly's point about people moving and things like that, I think it's just such a great way to make friends. Yeah. Um, to add to that, I, I think we saw like pre COVID, um, research come from the Harvard Divinity School, uh, led by Casper Turkile and um, his co-researcher, whose name that I cannot remember. Um, he went on to write the book, The Power of Ritual. We had him on this podcast too, but he talked a lot about how gyms right now are serving the needs of, of community, of ritual, of all of that, um, that used to be filled in a lot of ways uh, by religious institutions. Um, that's neither good nor bad. All it means is we have a place. Um, so it's just really important for your mental health, your well-being to have a place um, where your people are. So yes, hard agree as well. Okay, prediction number five, pickleball, period. <laughs> if you've been on anything with the screen lately, you've heard about pickleball. In fact, the game makes a prominent appearance in the new Apple TV show Shrinking. By the way, great show. Repeatedly, it was stated that it's the fastest growing sport in America, and it is. You've noticed, you like it, and you're talking about it. One quote from a reader was, way more pickleball courts or classes. The courts by us are always jam-packed. They are annoyed. Their courts are full. (laughs) Let's react. Uh, We've talked about pickleball on this podcast before. Kelly, Dana, let's go with you, Dana. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. I think pickleball, yes, but also I think this is going to open a gateway of other rec sports. I think rec sports are definitely going to make a comeback. I think it's one, it feeds the fitness, you know, the the community aspect of fitness, but also I think there's something really nice about not having to be good at something, you know, you can come (laughs) in kind of at any level and learn it and it's for fun. You know, I mean, I'm sure there are people who take pickleball very seriously, Yeah, but overwhelmingly it's for fun. It's a hobby. It's a rec sport. Um, and I think just, it also, you know, we're seeing a huge trend right now towards nostalgia, you know, I mean, I think that's always a trend, but right now, you know, we are talking about the top of this podcast, how TikTokers are basically just trying to be Midwest dads. I feel like, you know, rec sports are another great thing that Midwest dads love. So I feel like rec sports, we're just going to see more of. Um, and I think, I think that's great. Like, I, I think it's really fun. I think we'll start to see more courts open up. And I, I think, again, this was something that we did start to see before the pandemic when we started to see like shuffle ball courts open um, and, and shuffleboard, sorry, not shuffle, well, shuffle ball. 
I don't know. It's a new sport that we just created. That's my prediction. Shuffleball is my prediction for this episode, but (laughs) shuffleboard courts open and things like that. So I do think that there's, you know, hey, if there's a way to make money off of something that's trendy, God damn it, America will find it. So I think that we will have more pickleball, yes, and even more rec sports to come. Kelly, what's what's your thought? Yeah, I would just I just want to shout out Toss and Spin, their incredible community in Chicago. We just worked with them this past week to do glow in the dark pickleball. So yeah, I think anything you can do to uh, move your body and have fun is going to be popular. It's popping. Um, I would. I, you know what? I don't have anything to add. I don't have anything to add. Pickleball is going to happen. It's popping. I totally agree. We've had Chris, the founder of Toss and Spin on this podcast too. Um, and one thing that is interesting about that game is yes, you can just sort of play. We did meet a couple of guys who were more serious about the game. Um, they, they have a league that plays at the same location where we were hosting our event schoolhouse, but they appreciated that we were just like playing and having a good time, even though none of us knew the rules. Uh. (laughs) This podcast was brought to you by Puma running. I'm running in the Puma Deviate Nitro 2 these days, and they are so comfortable. You know that new running shoe thing where you kind of wonder if you'll end up with a bloody ankle or not? The breathable mesh upper offers extra padding and grip around the ankle to prevent heel slip. And this is an ultra supportive cushion shoe in an extremely lightweight package, so I'm not dragging my feet around. Learn more about this must have for running season at asweatlife.com backslash Puma. That's A-S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-E.com backslash P-U-M-A. Prediction number six. We will title this. You've been waiting for this, Dana. It's finally here. In this economy, mm-hmm. at the time of writing the State of Fitness report, we were concerned about inflation. Over the past week, we experienced the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, <laughs> which nearly took down a quarter of the tech industry with it. Economic tensions are high. We will put one quote right here. And by the way, I am referencing Silicon Valley Bank. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes. It is, uh, March 13th at the time of recording. So we are literally the Monday after the Silicon Valley bank meltdown and the, the fed takeover. Okay. Here's the quote. As the economy worsens, people will be forced to work out like our ancestors did. I'm trying not to laugh while I read this quote. And so less working out for the sake of working out. (laughs) I just want us to talk about this quote, but we should talk about the economy. Um, Dana, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be the biggest, I mean, fitness is a luxury in so many ways. The paying for fitness is a luxury. I think that we've now uncovered over the course of these, this whole month of recording this podcast that there are many, many free ways to work out. So they exist. They were even more popular during COVID because a lot of the free ways to work out were also the safest ways to work out. Um, and it just made sense. People were not investing in fitness at that time. So I think that fitness is one of those things where it's going to be the first thing some people cut, you know, when, when they are faced to, to make choices. But I do think that overwhelmingly the fitness industry is not going to be over. It's not going to be very impacted by this. Um, just because again, I think there are Lots of different ways to work out now. There's lots of options for people, different price points, different 
comfortable comfortability levels with what they want to pay for fitness. So, you know, maybe some of the higher end fitness studios might be impacted, but I overwhelmingly think that now there is enough types of fitness out there that I don't think the overall overall industry is going to be impacted by the economy. Love it. Kelly, what's your, what's your take? I just think this quote, like we'll be forced to work out like our ancestors did. Like, does that mean we're like running to hunt for our food? Like, I think they're <laughs> suggesting that we'll be agrarian. <laughs> That's a little intense. Yeah. I would admit, I'm like, I really want to meet this person. I want to interview them. I want to ask them if they, I love them. First of all, I love you. Um, I want to ask them if they have like a go bag. Cause I would, I, this feels like someone who really feels like the world is ending, you know, like potential or like world as we know it is ending, which is like always true. You know, like every day the world as we know it is ending and we enter a new world, you know, like that's not untrue. Um, but I don't think, for now, anyway, we're going to have to, well, anything could happen. But I don't think we're going to have to, like, farm and build things with our hands and bake our own bread for now. But, like, if we did at some point, it would be a workout, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. Then we could cancel our multi-studio membership before <laughs> in the, in the money fields all day. Yeah. And also, probably money won't matter then. But, like, I don't want to... I don't want to yeah, go there. Our currency will be grains and grains. Wine, exactly. Like I'll trade you my bread. Yeah. Oh shit. What will happen to all the gluten-free people? Sorry, Gina. Oh, Sorry, Gina. Oh, oh no. I will grow cassava. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Everyone with celiacs first to go. I'm going to create a very high, highly demanded, high, very in demand cassava field. Yeah. yeah. And that's a yeah. great prediction for this yeah. episode. Great. Um, (laughs) I do love a tangent, um, but I think the economy, uh, we aren't economists (laughs) on this episode, but we do know that consumers are historically bad predictors of the future. We're historically bad predictor. Even like economists don't know the future. We can watch trends. Um, we do know, like if we think about bank failures, for example, um, the harbinger, there's that word again, for the 2008 economic uh, recession was a gigantic bank failure. Um, we just experienced a gigantic bank failure um, in 2023. So I don't think we're going to be farming anytime soon, but I do think based on trends, what we've experienced recently, like um, we know like the 1929 stock market crash. There was a run on the stock market and then the recession. Uh, and then uh, 2008, bank failure, recession. 2023, bank failure. So I think we could predict, thank you to the Fed for saving all those jobs, but I think we could predict that there um, there will be some consumer behavior-based recessions where people take their monies out of the market, don't trust banks, um, start... Uh, doing things like that, which do lead to problems in the long term um, for the economy. So I think you're not, you're not totally wrong, uh, dear reader. Um, but if you are completely right, I will move where you are. I'll join your compound. You can be my cult leader. Okay. I feel Predict- like working out like our ancestors did is now just going to be like doing <laughs> Nike workouts on Netflix. It's like, yeah. that's going to be like our ancestors of 2020. 
Yeah, are we talking about like the Jane Fonda ancestors or like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or like our great great grandmas? Because I'm fine with Jane Fonda ancestors. Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. We we underestimated you, dear reader. Okay, so prediction number seven: a new love for low impact fitness. We have watched this piece of the fitness universe for a while. Um, if you've had that feeling of I'll never do another burpee. In my life, this is for you. Mind Body's Wellness Index also showed support for this trend that you've all keyed into. 33% of their respondents said that they prefer to do low intensity exercise, and 17% said they prefer to do high impact or high intensity training. Here are a couple of quotes from our survey. Walk, I love this one. Walking is the new hot workout, which is hilarious because it's so elementary, but it works and it can be free, so I'm into it. Um, another. People want cheaper options, easier access, and will prioritize mental health and low-intensity workouts over hit or cycle. And a simple, more low-impact, less hit. Let's react. Dana, Kelly. Yeah. Dana, I, you go first. I call on you. Thank you. I 100% agree. Um, I think that – I always think there's going to be people who seek high-impact and high – I was just high velocity workouts. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think that overwhelmingly, and again, I, I think it's coming out of the pandemic. I think a lot of people's baseline changed from what it was at when people were working out very consistently. And then we saw just the, the baseline drop and people were a little less comfortable getting back to the studios or feeling like they were at that same workout level. And I think for years that, you know, I've, I've worked in low impact studio. So I've had to market that exercise. Um, and I think there's a tremendous benefits to low impact workouts. And I think there's also something nice to not, you know, feeling like you're going to die during a workout, you know, like workout that feels gentle and good for your body. And again, there's no, no shame towards a high impact workout. And I know there's myriad benefits to that too, but I personally love a low impact workout. And I think it, there's something nice about feeling good in the moment that you're working out and afterwards. And I, I think, yeah, we'll continue to see workouts that make people feel good because I think there's mental health benefits to that. And just, I don't know if people are in the same shape they were in pre COVID. Mm, interesting take Kelly. What about you? Yeah. I think low impact is just more accessible. I think, um, studios. So for example, shred 415, which is typically a high intensity workout, they're adding like a low impact class. And I think it's smart for gyms to do that. I think it's, you're going to, it's a lower barrier of entry. It's not as scary, like to come into that. If you're either new to fitness or just like, or you have an injury or just whatever it is, it's just more accessible. So I think it's smart. People are interested in it. Um, so I think we'll see more of that. Yeah. Um, I also think to add to this, I think folks are seeking, joy through their workouts that not only like they don't want to hurt and, um, they want a low entry point, but I also think like it, they just want to feel good. They want to feel joyful. They want to have fun, um, while working out. And that's, I think really represented in the top fitness types that we saw this year, which walking strength, yoga, um, joy, 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 if you ask me. Um, but I also got an email over the weekend from, uh, a friend who runs operations for a major, um, us big box gym. I think they'd take issue with me calling them big box, but it's our definition of big box. Um, but he told me that they're seeing people use the treadmills, but they're all walking. So it's like exactly to that point, like we're seeing treadmills get used, but 
People don't want to run. They want to walk. So yeah, you're onto something, humans. And now it's time for show and tell. Let's share a tip, a resource, or an article you referenced on the state of fitness this week. Dana, give us yours. Um, Well, I did reference the Mayweather boxing acquisition of Kick House, but another thing I just wanted to to talk about and thought was interesting is that my former company, Exponential Fitness, they just did a partnership with Princess Cruise Lines. That is another just really interesting, I think, way that that I think fitness could change over the next couple of years. Um, I think that's a really smart partnership for them. Um, but you know, even more so than that, I, again, I think it was interesting when fitness studios started opening up in malls, I think there's opportunity, especially for boutique fitness with a smaller footprint, um, to open up just where consumers are. So I think we're going to start to see that more and more. So I think those are two just interesting movements and particularly the franchise space over the last couple months that I'm paying attention to and think are, are good. Um, last time I'll say it, harbingers of the future of particularly boutique fitness. Kelly, what you got? Well, I referenced the, I referenced Robin from Peloton and I read an interview with her on Forbes.com. And so if you want to interested in Web3, interested in her, it's like a lifestyle membership. It's called Swagger Society. I of course think. it is. I love her. Something. Um, it's a membership on Web3. Check out that interview to see if that's something you're interested in. Swagger. She wants you to make sure that your crown is on straight. Clean your crown up. Uh, I'm getting that quote wrong. Um, okay. My, uh, my show and tell this week um, will be an episode of a podcast which breaks down what happened um, with Silicon Valley Bank. Um, it also will, um, be, it's called the all in podcast, three dudes, um, with different perspectives in business. Uh, and they talk about basically what happened, why it happened. They blame VCs too. And most of them are VCs. So thank you very much. Um, so we can think more about the economy from that perspective. All right, let's close it out with something we're loving this week. It will fall under food, friendship, fitness, or fun. Dana, you go first. Um, so Pevolve, which I've mentioned in, I think this episode's before, um, it is our studio of the month right now for a sweat life. Uh, so we have an ambassador event tonight. I'm very much looking forward yeah. to that. Um, and <laughs> I just love that workout. I think it's really great. I think, you know, it, it falls right under that prediction number seven about low impact fitness. I really love their workouts. This is not sponsored, um, but I really love their workouts and it's a workout that genuinely makes me feel good about my body. And I feel good after it, during it, before it, which is not always my experience personally with fitness. So I'm excited to take my three free classes this month and potentially buy a membership or class pass. Ooh. After this, we'll we'll keep we'll keep everyone posted what my fitness journey is going to be after this. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned at home. Kelly, what are you loving this week? So, Dana, since you talked about Stanley's, it's kind of like a legacy brand. I'm going to talk about Abercrombie. <laughs> <laughs> it is back. Uh, I'm wearing Abercrombie jeans right oh, now. Oh, they're so cute. I am 39 years old. I wore Abercrombie. I worked at Abercrombie when I was in college. Um, yeah. And they're back. And they're targeting people my age. Wait, Kelly, did you Does watch? Does it still smell the same? Does it? That's I more important. I have been in. Okay, I've you ordered online. Ordered online. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, follow up. When you worked at Abercrombie, did it mirror? Did you watch the I did documentary? Not. I didn't watch it. You gotta watch it. Okay, we'll link to the documentary on Abercrombie. I think it was on Hulu. It was on one yeah. of the streamers. Um, I found it fascinating. But um, I would say, like, side note to that, I've complimented probably like three women in the last month on leather pants, and because I really want to get leather pants. And whenever I see someone wearing them, I'm like, so cute. I love your leather pants. Where'd you get them? Every single one has said Abercrombie. So apparently that's where I need to go buy my. Yeah, pants. I I'm guess fake leather pants. Yeah, they're yeah. pleather. Yeah. yeah, and apparently they're less racist now. Um, that's great. <laughs> good. Whoa. Right turn. Uh, oh, that's good. Should I still put their bags up on my wall? Like, no. Posters? No. Oh, that's not a good wrap your that. wrap your books in no. them. Oh no. no! Just abs everywhere. Oh my god. We used to wrap our books in Abercrombie bags. Yeah, no, for sure. Of for sure. Um, <laughs> let's unpack that, Dana. All right. My thing I'm loving this week is vitamin B shots. <laughs> I love to get an intramuscular vitamin B shot, not because I'm bougie. Sometimes I am, uh, but because I don't have that part of my colon that absorbs vitamin B. So getting the shots makes me feel like I feel right now, like there's electricity in my veins, which I think is what normal people feel like all the time. No, I would love to feel that way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what normal people feel like. Okay. This has been another episode of we got goals, which is in a spotlife.com production. And another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing Ryan Bar Yuga for video production and to Dana Farber and Kelly Makovich for joining me today. I'm Jeannie Anderson Cohen. Thanks listeners. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.